Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham, your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Today's podcast is going to be previewing the Chargers game on Monday Night Football. The Jets get yet another primetime football game, and there's no end in sight. They're going to play right after that on Sunday Night Football against the Raiders. Then they're going to go 4 o'clock against the Bills, and then to primetime, Black Friday, 3 p.m. against the Dolphins. They are going to be shown to the world over the next four weeks, and what version of the Jets are we going to get? We've seen many different variations of this team. Usually the defense is awesome. The offense kind of scares you. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson show up, and the Jets find a way to scrap out either a win or barely lose the game. Most recently, they beat the Giants. They're on a three-game winning streak right now, but that's not enough. They play the Chargers this week, a team that's fighting for probably one of the same spots in the wild card race that the Jets are fighting for. This is a very important game for the Jets to get that tiebreak over them, to get that game up on them, and also to keep the winning streak alive and stay alive in the AFC East race. So there's a lot of stuff that we got to talk to in this one. I got to recap the results of the conference and division in week eight, do a Chargers preview, little playoff picture. And then I've also got a father time from my dad talking about what he sees upcoming in this game against the Chargers. So a lot of stuff to get to. Very fun episode, of course. Before I begin, I need to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. It is under the Fans First Sports Network. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. So starting as we do on these Thursday episodes with 
what we're looking at in the AFC East and in the AFC overall, because the Jets at four and three right now are absolutely looking at the playoffs, be it the division or be it through the wild card. Right now, we got to keep those things in the front of our mind. And we got to know which teams to root for and, and what we're looking for each week. So when you look at the AFC this week, start with the bad stuff that we saw. The Bills beat the Bucks, the Titans beat the Falcons, the Dolphins beat the Patriots, the Ravens took down the Cardinals, Bengals over the 49ers, Chargers beat the Bears. So that's all the bad stuff of AFC teams beating NFC teams or AFC teams that are out of it. The good stuff that happened this week, the Saints beat the Colts, the Patriots lost, the Steelers lost to the Jaguars, the Seahawks beat the Browns at the end of the game, that was crazy, the Lions beat the Raiders, and the Texans lost to the Panthers. So all those things kind of shake up, and it puts the Jets right now right on the edge of the playoffs for the wild card. When you look at the AFC East, the Dolphins are still in first place. They're 6-2. and two. They haven't played the Jets yet, and their next game's coming against Kansas City in Germany, 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. That's a big one. We need the Chiefs to uh, find a way to win that game and get the Dolphins to 6-3. and three. The Bills, they're in second place at 5-3. and three. Their next game's against Cincinnati on Sunday Night Football. That one's interesting because the Bills, obviously, we want to lose. The Jets are looking for them, you know, to pass them in the division, and also it's another team that's fighting for a wild card spot. Cincinnati is as well. I think we're definitely rooting for Cincinnati to win this game, of course, against the Bills, but a loss to either team helps and hurts the Jets. The Jets are in third right now. They're four and three. Their next game is Monday Night Football against the Chargers. We're going to talk about that one shortly. Then the Patriots, they're at the basement still. They have the worst record in the entire division and the entire AFC. Two and six, one of the worst football teams in the league. Their next game comes home against the Commanders. Commanders aren't a very good team either. The Patriots usually do well against quarterbacks like Sam Howell, who are still trying to figure out the NFL, but the Patriots are awful. The Commanders just traded away Montez Sweat and Chase Young, so they will certainly be shorthanded going after Mac Jones. But, uh, yeah, that's what we got for the AFC East. Jets in third place, four and three. Playoff picture, basically seven teams make the playoffs. The Jets are in eighth place right now. You got your four division leaders, all six and two, Chiefs, Dolphins, Jags, and Ravens. The first wildcard team would be the Bills at five and three. The last two wildcards would be the Steelers and Browns at four and three. The Jets and Bengals are also four and three, but the tiebreaker advantage for the Steelers and Browns is the winning percentage in AFC games. Basically the way that I see it at this point in time, obviously subject to change for injuries and anything else that may happen, but those four division leaders will probably be in the playoffs. The Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Ravens. One step down, I think a tier down from those teams, Bills and Bengals. That leaves one playoff spot that'll probably be between the Jets, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Chargers. The Texans and Titans are kind of hanging around the mix right now, Um, but I think, like, you're looking for that last spot. I think the Jets need to be rooting for wins themselves and then losses to the Steelers, Browns, and Chargers. Works out well because this week is against the Chargers. So a very important playoff implication game for both teams. Got to try to find a way to win this one. This is bigger than the Giants game. The Giants game was good for bragging rights, right? You're playing the other New York team. You share a stadium, all that stuff. But in reality, like the Chargers are going to be one of those teams at the end of the year where like, if only we'd beat the Chargers or thank God we beat the Chargers. So that's kind of how I look at the playoff picture at this point in time. Now... I want to do a Chargers preview. Obviously, these Thursday episodes are a little bit short, so we're kind of flying through here. But 
Before I go over to the Chargers preview, I do have to do a father time and hear my dad's thoughts on what we saw against the Giants and what to expect against the Chargers. So this is this week's father time written by my dad, David Burnham, titled Good in the Last Minute. Here we go. It's hard to congratulate the Jets on the win last Sunday, but don't ever give up in the fourth quarter. Never count them out. They're the best in the last minute, if not the last play of the game. Buffalo. Xavier Gibson's overtime kick return to win the game. Kansas City, a phantom holding call on Sauce Gardner negated an interception by Michael Carter. Taylor Swift had to win week one of her NFL tour. In Denver, Quincy Williams strips Russell Wilson and Bryce Hall scoops and scores on a 72-yard return to seal the game and humiliate Sean Payton in the name of Nathaniel Hackett. In Philadelphia, the Eagles cough up the ball four times and the Jets shut them out in the second half and send them home stunned. Note to the world. The Jets are not a trap game. And now the Giants. It almost happened. The Jets almost lost to a team that had negative nine passing yards. Yikes. A trivia question that would have never ceased. But Zach woke up in the last minute of the game, and some last-minute heroics from the offense after stellar performances from special teams and defense, they pulled out a horribly ugly win. The main issue to date, the penalties have to go. Pre-snap flags and personal fouls have to stop. Sala was probably more upset than happy after the game. But another last-minute win in overtime? We'll take it. Put it in our pocket and let the record speak for itself. Sundays have been fun. Next is the Chargers. Yes, the Jets need to win. Both teams could be vying for the same wildcard berth in the playoffs, so there's more on the line. I like the matchup of the strength of the Chargers' offense with Herbert, Eckler, Keaton Allen versus the Jets' defense. We should be fine if the penalties are cleaned up. On the other side, the Chargers are good versus the run but bad against the pass. So to win this one, Zach is going to have to wake up a lot sooner than he did this last week. Expect the easy chunk yards to be through the air. The Chargers don't blitz like the Giants do, so Zach might have the extra half second to get rid of the ball, provided our wounded O-line holds up. It's been an exciting season, and one that fans deserve. It's Monday Night Football coming up, and you have to stay awake because it always seems to come down to the last play of the game. Go Jets. End scene. Wow. A lot to get to there. Just breaking this thing down in chunks. Looking at the first thing. Yeah, the Jets are one of the best final two-minute teams in the entire league. We find a way to pull these games off. Every single game has come down to the wire. We basically beat Kansas City with that big interception. I know the Jets had to score there, but, I mean, man, what they've been able to do, and then to do it again against the Giants. It's like this team has resiliency to the nth degree, and you should never count them out. One thing that maybe I disagree with is Sundays have been fun. I think Sundays have been stressful. We lost Aaron Rodgers. We lost AVT. We're losing these games and find a way to barely squeak them out. And it's definitely fun. It's definitely fun because we're winning. But it's never like, you know, I'm, I'm always dreaming of that 38-10 to 10 win where we can just sit back, score a bunch of touchdowns, drink beer, high fives, relax, talk about big-time stats for the rest of the week. That's not been the case. It's always been like, holy smokes, what just happened? But at least they're 4-3. and three. And then my dad saying, uh, the Chargers game, yeah, we need to win it. It's a potential playoff implication game. And uh, I agree we have to clean up the penalties. Very, very important to clean up the penalties. You've been too sloppy, too many personal fouls, too many pre-snap penalties. Got to get that stuff cleaned up to not shoot ourselves in the foot. And then if he's right and the matchups work well, you know, the Jets are going to have another opportunity to play great defense and hope that the offense scores 16 points 
17 points, basically like what they've needed so far to win these games this year, which is kind of crazy to think about. But if we can embarrass Herbert the way we did, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, we're going to be feeling really, really good. But uh, I see it a little bit differently in terms of the schematics and the game plan. I'm going to talk about that coming up in the next section of the podcast. But it was a great father time. And the one line that I love more than anything is, it's Monday Night Football, and you have to stay awake because this always seems to come down to the last play of the game. And he's like, absolutely right. All of these games, if you went to sleep you know, early on in the Chiefs game, you had no idea how close it was. If you went to sleep or left the stadium in the Giants game, holy smokes, they won that thing. Same against the Eagles and the Bills. They won in overtime. Like These games go down to the wire, and they're worth sticking up for because even if the Jets sucked in the first half, they usually find a way to play so much better in the second half, get them back in the game, and potentially even win them. So never give up on this team. They've proven that we shouldn't, and that's a fun thing to have in your back pocket watching games for the rest of the year. It's like, yeah, we're sucking, but you know what? We have proven to ourselves that we can do this and come back. It's nice to be able to say that as a coach and to think it as a fan. So great father time for my dad. Very much appreciated. I will uh, go over to the next section of the podcast, previewing the Chargers game. But first, we do have to take a quick commercial break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life. Let's do a Chargers preview here. A game that the Jets absolutely want to win, need to win. Let's go to four games in a row. Let's go to five and three on the season. Let's scare the rest of the AFC and show the rest of the league that we absolutely are not to be taken lightly. You look at the Chargers team, their head coach is Brandon Staley. He is a horrible situational caller that is barely hanging on by the skin of his teeth to that head coaching job. 
the Chargers always Charger, right? They constantly do the wrong things to lose games. It was Anthony Lynn. It was Marty Schottenheimer. Now it's Brandon Staley. I don't know what's in the water in Los Angeles and San Diego. They obviously shipped it from one area to the next, but the Chargers always find a way to lose games. Brandon Staley situationally makes a lot of bad decisions, and if the Jets can take advantage of him going for fourth and fives midfield and stuff and not getting them, thinking he can do stuff against our defense that he simply can't, or getting them to make some stupid mistakes, not be able to spike the ball or not be able to uh, hold on to their timeouts for the end of the game, it's going to give the Jets an advantage. I think most teams have a coaching advantage against Brandon Staley and the Chargers, honestly. The defensive coordinator is Derek Ansley. The Chargers' defense is underwhelming, but they do have a few big-name players. Their offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore. He came from the Cowboys, so he's got a similar system to what we saw against the Cowboys. And that brings us to talking about the Chargers offense. When you look at the Chargers offense, the one thing that scares me if like things go badly is this would be a game just like we saw against the Cowboys. Kellen Moore's offense would look just like what we saw in Dallas. And instead of it being C.D. Lamb catching the ball over and over in the soft spot to the zone, it'll be Keenan Allen. It'll be Justin Herbert making the same passes that Dak Prescott made, this time going to Keenan Allen, who also was very, very good at getting open and catching the ball. It's going to be Austin Eckler being used as that just insurance policy, that check down, turn nothing into something type of guy like a Tony Pollard, but probably at an even higher level. And that's really all the Cowboys needed to beat the Jets. And it's possible that the Chargers are going to try to do that exact same game plan. So, like I said, watching Keenan Allen and Eckler is the most important thing. Right now, the Chargers don't have Mike Williams for this season. Joshua Palmer, another receiver, is banged up, so their weapons are like rookie Quentin Johnson, who's not really done that much yet. Simi Fajoko, who's barely in the league. Gerald Everett was banged up. He's a tight end that's pretty good at receiving, not a great blocker. Donald Parham, the opposite. He's like a big, tall-body goal line guy, but not good in the middle of the field. It's not great weapons. It's those two guys. The offensive line for the Chargers is pretty solid. Herbert's only been sacked 15 times this year. That's like two times per game. So the strategy versus the Chargers offense is I see Herbert trying to go into this game, picking apart the Jets with precise, quick passes against his own defenses, just like Dak Prescott did. He's going to feed Keenan Allen over and over and over and then dump it to Eckler when he doesn't know what to do to pick up extra yardage. Now, Herbert only has four interceptions this season. He doesn't make a ton of mental mistakes. He's a really good quarterback question is, is he going to be the next good quarterback on the line of guys that the Jets have embarrassed so far? Is he going to play like Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and make more mistakes than he ever does because he's frazzled and confused against this Jets' relentless defense? Or is he going to stand in the pocket comfortably like Dak did against us? The difference in this game for the Jets to do well, better than they did against the Cowboys, is we need to get pressure early and often from our front four. We have to make Justin Herbert uncomfortable, We need a big game from that D-line. We didn't do that against Prescott. We weren't able to get after him and frazzle him the way we needed to, but we were able to do that against Josh Allen, and we were going after Jalen Hurts pretty heavily and the Giants quarterbacks. We have to do that against Justin Herbert. Then if you get that big pressure from your defensive line, you need the DBs to capitalize. If we get an opportunity for a tipped ball or a rushed throw or double coverage, those guys have to come down with the INTs. Super important. And then, the final piece, as always, linebackers attack the kill zone. Austin Eckler is going to try to live in the middle of the field, get checkdowns, screen passes, draw plays, pick up 15 yards when you least expect it, 
Quincy Williams, C.J. Mosley have to shut that shit down. The Jets can do that, get pressure with four, cover on the back end, come up with the ball when they have opportunities, and then limit Austin Eckler in the middle of the field. They will be great on defense. If they can't do that, and Justin Herbert is comfortable, and he's throwing to an open Keenan Allen and they get rolling, the Chargers can put up points. And if the Chargers put up points, are the Jets going to be able to score to match them? That remains to be seen. Typically, from what we've seen from the Jets' offense, you would think no, but let's take a look at the Chargers' defense. My dad said it in his father time, the Chargers don't blitz the way the Giants do. They do have one star pass rusher in Joey Bosa, and if the Jets are playing you know, Billy Turner at guard and Xavier Newman at center, the whole interior defensive line could look like star players for the Chargers. Basically, like, Sebastian Joseph Day is the defensive tackle that plays most of the snaps for the Chargers. If he's very, very active and impacting the game, the Jets are doing something wrong, right? Because Sebastian Joseph Day has a couple sacks in the year, 18 total tackles, it's like one or two a game. He's not a huge, widely mentioned player for their defense. But if against the Jets you hear, oh, there's Sebastian Joseph Day again, there he is again, it means the interior defense or interior offensive line of the Jets is failing us. And if the interior offensive line is failing us, it's going to be very difficult to run the ball. It's going to be very difficult for Zach Wilson to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. So make sure that he doesn't have a good day. Come on, interior offensive line. Khalil Mack is the extra guy that the Chargers like to send for an extra fifth man sometimes. Um, He's old, but he can be effective. I do think if he's in the middle of the field trying to make an open field tackle or cover Brees Hall, Brees Hall is much faster and should be able to do some special things against him, I hope. The Chargers have two other solid linebackers, Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray. Those guys are pretty good. The Chargers are better against the run than the pass. My dad said it. We have to try to pick up chunk plays through the air. When you look at the defensive backs, cornerback Asante Samuel is solid. The other side of the Chargers defense, Michael Davis, not so solid. Derwin James has underperformed this year. And then their other safety, Alohi Gilman, is beatable. So it's not a super scary defense right now. you got to make sure that those defensive linemen do not get after Zach Wilson and make him super uncomfortable because that's when he kind of melts down. The strategy I see versus this Chargers defense, well, as always, let's get a big-time breeze run, right? Some 60, 70-yard play that we least expect. But all jokes aside, he may do that, but we can't rely on it. We have to move Garrett Wilson around the field and feature him in good matchups. we got to get the ball to our tight ends this week. I think a little bit more Dalvin Cook, a little bit less Michael Carter. Try to set up some play actions. And most importantly for the Jets this week, we have to convert on third downs. Get creative if you have to. Set yourself up for, instead of third and eights, try to have third and fives. Try to have third and fours, things you actually can pick up. And like I said, get creative if you have to. In the red zone, same thing. Get creative if you have to, but score when you get there. A team like the Chargers can score points very, very quickly. You don't win games with field goals against the Chargers. You got to get some touchdowns. Got to capitalize. So you look at the Chargers special teams. They got Dicker the kicker, J.K. Scott. Solid unit there. My prediction here, looking at the Jets-Chargers game, a really important one for both teams. I trust in the Jets' defense because they've shown up on big stages against big-time quarterbacks. I think we frazzle Justin Herbert on Monday Night Football The whole world has fun watching the Jets' defense light up the field. I also think perhaps the extra lights in the big stage will ignite the best versions of Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, Tyler Conklin, Garrett Wilson, 
those guys are going to come out like knowing, all right, this is our chance to show the world. And those guys have the juice to back it up. I think the Jets win this game 25-20, to 20, giving them a record of 5-3, and three, firmly above the Chargers in the wild card race, also back in the AFC East race. I think 25-20. to 20. The Jets can do it. I think dry conditions, a nicer night, Monday night football, a slightly worse pass rush, hopefully against the Chargers. Like, Zach Wilson can maybe get some stuff going. Maybe Brees Hall can get going a little bit. And then the defense does what it does and scrambles quarterbacks' minds. Man, that would be great to see. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a long time having to wait to get to that game. I hate Monday night football. I hate going through Sunday and having to watch every other team and like, man, when do we get to play? But then when Monday comes and everything's about your team and you get to sit and watch that pregame for an extra hour, special exclusive sit down interviews, and you get to be the talk of the town, it's just so much more important to show up and have a big game. After this week, we play the Raiders. Sunday Night Football, a team that's not playing well right now. Another winnable game. I mean, you don't want to look too far ahead, but there's an opportunity for the Jets to get this season in a very, very good place, and it starts Monday Night Football. Zach Wilson, can he do some more heroics, hopefully earlier in the game than it was this week against the Giants? Thank you for joining me. Follow me on Twitter, at Jets underscore Dan. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. That's all I got. Let's go Jets. I'm Dan Burnham. And this is The Jet Life. (laughs) 